congratulations to Cowboy Baseball, congratulations to Cowgirl Softball, and congratulations, Mike Gundy, because he's out on the recruiting trail, and I really like what we're doing. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We are available on all of your podcasting platforms as well as visually on YouTube, and you can find me personally on Twitter at AllDayOState. This is kind of a, a slow time. In the recruiting process, you're not hearing a lot of commits right now. You're not hearing a lot of crazy things shake out. But we have discussed in how this new transfer market is going to have a direct imprint on the high school recruiting, right? Guys that used to be traditionally three stars are now basically not going to be ranked. And Oklahoma State has always fancied ourselves as a place that could get the diamonds in the rough, right? Put them through the body by glass give them structure, give them discipline, and give them everything they need to be better young men that develop into men, and then potentially have the ability to get to the NFL. A lot of people come to mind when you think of this, right? We've recently discussed Malcolm Rodriguez, and I do firmly believe that Gunnar Wilson is a Malcolm Rodriguez style of guy. Well, let's check in on somebody that's currently at the same school. But first... Another intriguing prospect has recently kind of come up when it comes to the linebacker recruiting position, which we're going to kind of stay there to some degree. And again, you're seeing a lot of people that, again, used to be pegged as potentially a a three-star type of guy that are now getting kind of swept under the rug. And one of those is going to be Wyatt Simmons. Uh, Wyatt Simmons is from Searcy, Arkansas, out of the Harding Academy. And the dude put up absolutely ridiculous numbers. And once he did put up those ridiculous numbers, he still wasn't getting a lot of love, right? But when you're talking about somebody who has the ability to put on film, 87 tackles, multiple sacks, multiple tackles for loss, somebody who you can tell is a coach's son that has a knack for the ball. You can traditionally see guys who played a very constructive type of youth football, whether it be, you know, a hard-nosed coach or their dad coaching or guys like Cam Epps who played quarterback for a long, long time. And then you transition them over the defensive side of the ball and they see things differently than somebody who's just played defense his entire career. And I definitely think that you're going to see a lot of this coming down the pipeline. Now, again, no, Mr. Simmons isn't exactly a secret anymore. He put his own film out on Twitter recently and since then has garnered 18 offers, including Oklahoma State University, but most recently Florida State University. Even though you have a lot of these heavy hitters that are now coming in to get the dude, six foot three, 210 pounds, runs a legit 4'5", 40, 
the angles that he takes defensively are, they're very advanced. They're very advanced. Now, ironically enough, even though he is getting all of this love, which is probably going to, you know, project him quite a bit higher than he is at the moment because he is basically unranked. There is still some people that think that he'll go D2 to play for his dad at Harding University. I think that would be a very intriguing story. That would be a cool storyline for them for sure. But I just, you know, when you, when somebody's this talented, I don't know that you want to see him kind of, I don't want to say get stuck per se, but the kid is too good to play at the division two level. And the secret is now out because it's not just us that's on him. It's not just Florida state that's on him. He's picked up a lot of offers recently and it's, not going to change anytime soon, right? The season hadn't even started yet, and he's already looking at potentially some big-time landing spots, right? I still think that we might not necessarily be in the Wyatt Simmons sweepstakes. We are right now. But I think what it does is it shines light on the fact that this is a year that the number you receive in your recruiting evaluations is probably somewhat insignificant because now you have the haves, right? Which is what the preconceived notions of the best players in the country. And then you have guys like this. And then you also, like we talked about Gunnar Wilson already being a Malcolm Rodriguez type of guy. These are the diamonds in the rough that we traditionally have always done very good with. And that was back when every school in America was taking 20, 25, 26, 28, whatever, high school kids. So a lot of your universities that waited on schools like Oklahoma State to go through the evaluationary period and then waited till the very, very end because they didn't want to waste time on, quote-unquote, scouting that kid, that's not going to change. But if you've built up a lot of credibility or at least enough credibility in what you're able to produce – with a Malcolm Rodriguez style of guy, then you have the, the the receipts in the bank per se, right? You have the receipts that you can pull to land a kid of this caliber. Is what he has going on with his dad potentially going to coach or to play for his dad? It's an interesting proposition. But I'm sure his dad, or I, I would at least assume his dad would even say, hey, man, you know, I'd love for you to come play for me. Like, that would make me happier than a pig rolling around and all of the manure in the world. But if you can go excel out of Oklahoma State or a Florida State, then you need to probably go on ahead and do it. So I, I think that this is, again, the doors that are going to be open for universities like Oklahoma State in this new recruiting age that we're in should be massively beneficial because it's already been our blueprint. We've already gone after some of the guys that were unheralded, unranked, untapped potential. We are designed to do exactly this. So, yes, we should be a top 25 recruiting class every year, right? We're one of the top top 10 most winningest programs of recent memory in college football. But this is an odd time in recruiting. This is like maybe the first time I can say that the number doesn't exactly tell the story. The number of offers you have that typically, that typically will tell a story what you're ranked by these 
partially insignificant sources, it's becoming less and less relevant, just like the AAU accreditation status, just like the academia standing that the Pac-12 pretends to stand by. All of this stuff, it's slightly sanctimonious in nature. You know what's not is Bill Barr. Y'all, I've been talking about Bill Barr for the longest time now because they're legitimately that good. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. That kind of helps. 130 calories? Really? Only 4 grams of sugar? 17 grams of protein? If you haven't got hooked up on Bill Barr now, I have to ask, why are you waiting? Because you can... Go with the easement of running to Walmart right now and grabbing yourself a four-bar box. Or if bulk is more your your style, go to Sam's Club, get yourself a 13-bar box. We have a tremendous number of flavors to choose from. My favorite still to this day is cookies and cream, even though I will admit the peanut butter puff is pretty legitimate. But if you're not running by Sam's Club anytime soon. If you're not running by Walmart anytime soon, you can still go to built.com and get yourself hooked up. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 to get yourself 15% off. So go to built.com, go to Walmart, go to Sam's Club. Whichever route you choose, it's going to be beneficial for you, and it's the perfect snack to take on the road. All right, so let's jump into a legacy style. Of guy that when you pop on the film, what I see immediately is a Kendall Daniels. And Kendall Daniels was a bona fide certified high, high four star guy coming out of Beggs, Oklahoma. So the the size of school that they play at is slightly insignificant. Now, Kendall Daniels has the benefit of coming out of high school already at like two or uh, yeah, 205 pounds and, and six foot four height. But he wasn't a legacy. So where did he go? Texas A&M. Fortunately, it worked out well for us. He got to Aggieland and decided very quickly that everything he thought he could possibly accomplish in Aggieville, he could do in Stillwater, Oklahoma. They were nice enough to let him out of his LOI, came to Stillwater. We all know the story here. He's building himself himself up to be not only a first-team All-Big 12-er, but a potentially All-American type. If you were to ask anybody Who on Oklahoma State's roster right here and now do you think has the best shot at going to the NFL and potentially being a first-round type of guy? Everybody, by and large, is probably going to say Kendall Daniels, and that's probably fair. So when you think of Whit Edwards, yes, he's a Wagner. Yes, he's playing for Coach Condit. Yes, there is some of that connection, which we'll get to in a little bit as well, but this is a perfect fit. And right now, he's another unranked, under-the-radar guy. Now, How are you unranked and under the radar when you have the film that he does, when you play the multitude of positions that he does? And maybe that's it. Maybe the fact that he plays literally all over the field is something that's viewed as somewhat negatively towards him. But if you're thinking at it from the prospect of the Kendall Daniels type, which clearly we've got Coach Hammerschmidt recruiting him, so we fancy him on the defensive side of the ball, and he seems to to really like that idea, right? But right now we're battling. Iowa State's in the mix. Vanderbilt um, is very, very squarely in the mix. He's also got some offers from like UNLV, North Texas, places like that. Uh, Right, that's natural. He's going to continue to get more offers. That just is what it is. Now, he has official, official visits set up to some of the places that have given him his biggest offers, which is Iowa State, 
Kansas and Oklahoma State. I'm sure Kansas State will, will be in the mix, obviously, obviously as well, because he, he already has what you can't coach. You cannot coach that kind of size. And the athleticism definitely jumps off the charts. And wrestling was the family sport forever. Is this not lining itself up to be like your quintessential Malcolm Rodriguez repeat situation in more of a Kendall Daniels body? If we can get Gunnar Wilson and we can get Whit Edwards, I mean, if we can get Edward, Edward Smith in there too, I mean, we're, we're cooking in hot oil. The recruiting class right now is already good. Now, we covered um, Friday in some of the, the decommitment and the commitment and have a word doesn't mean the same thing anymore. And, you know, I caught a little flack over it, but it's the, it's the truth. It is what it is, right? I mean, when you commit to something, you're committed. That, that's, that's how it used to be. It's not exactly that way anymore. Okay, fine. It's just I'm having one of those get-off-my-lawn moments. I get it. But it sets the wrong precedence. So whenever you do see some guys that could potentially gain a lot of um, rankings or ratings or, or, or scholarship offers, you want to make sure that the fit is right. And I can't find a better fit. If you're looking for pipelines, you need a multitude of guys to potentially replace somebody like a Kendall Daniels. Just like we're expecting that to happen this season in the replacement of somebody like a Jason Taylor II, right? We have the guys. We have the, the guys. We, we keep talking about, you know, Kendall Daniels, but we know what Lyric Rawls is, is potentially going to be this season. I know how good Trey Rucker is going to be this coming season. What we have at linebacker is pretty daggone good. Depth might be a little concerning, but talent is not an issue. But we're loaded at safety now. That's going to change. This is a, a cyclical type of ordeal that we're going through. And right now the cycle is landing on us being loading, loaded at safety. But that won't be the case. So you got to have some stuff in the holster ready to rock and roll. And Whit Edwards is a perfect guy to have come to Oklahoma State. You know, it, it's not a foregone conclusion. Maybe it should be. But, you know, we, we already mentioned he plays multitude of positions. He also plays a wide receiver slot kind of tight end type of role. He had almost 400 yards last year, had almost 40 receptions. Like I said, the, the tackles, the negative plays, the plays that, that he shifts to the complete other side of the field, all of that stuff has to be taken into consideration. And the frame is remarkable. I mean, again, he's already 210, 215. He runs a 200, runs 400, does a long jump. He's on a four-by-one, 100-meter relay team. He knows football to where his future is, even though wrestling has always kind of been the blueprint for the entire family. And after he visits Iowa State, after he visits Vandy, after he visits O-State, after he visits even Houston, I think the plan is for him to commit somewhat early. Could things change? Yeah, absolutely. But the fit is perfect. Coach Hammerschmidt is on to something here. His dad wrestled. His dad went to O-State. His brother wrestled at O-State. His sister is currently enrolled at O-State. He's been there multiple times. It feels like home. 
and the role that he could potentially play in replacing a Kendall Daniels, I think, has to weigh heavily on his mind. But the style of defense that Iowa State plays is conducive to what he's trying to do, so I, I, I don't think this is a foregone conclusion. It should be, but how many times have we had guys that you just thought were predetermined to end up at Oklahoma State, want to quote-unquote blaze a different path and go somewhere else? It happens. We, we unfortunately see it quite often. This one feels different. Between Gunnar Wilson and Wyatt Simmons and, and Whit Edwards, I feel good about the guys that we're going after. And I really feel good about the fact that they're not super highly rated guys. The amount of offers matters. The film out there matters. At the end of the day, they're going to go somewhere that is conducive of their development. So even though the number may not equal what we're looking for at the end of the year, we may not have a top 25 recruiting class. I'm, I'm saying this year is different. This year is different. The number is not going to be a direct indication on the talent of the kid. It's not going to be that way anymore. Welcome to the transfer market. If your son is coming up through the high school ranks or is about to come up through the high school ranks, you're probably going to have to do more than previously to get your son's name out there. Your coaches may have to do more than previously to help get your son's name out there. Welcome to the world we live in. But as an Oklahoma State fan, we, uh, we're built for this. This is kind of our, our cup of taters anyways. So we should thrive. And so you, you definitely got to see the product on the field. You got to win games. Bet the over, of course. We know what this season potentially is going to hold. What we don't know what the season holds right now is for baseball. When you come back to the loser's bracket and you make it all the way back to the championship game and you're playing a team that's only had to play three games, I do understand that you're going to, you know, you're going to have to manipulate the bullpen. Now, I will admit I was very much caught off guard by the number of guys who hadn't pitched whatsoever this season, got to pitch in big-time moments, and, you know, some of them did fine. Some of them did okay. But baseball is perplexing simply because we're the only Big 12 team to get a regional. And we didn't even win the conference. I know we technically tied to win the regular season. But baseball, much like basketball, it's all about getting hot at the right time. And we were, we're I would say we're hot. We're not blazing hot by any stretch, but we're still hot enough to make a lot of noise. And I'm wanting to get everybody to calm down a little bit about the regional that we got. Obrate Stadium is built for this. It's designed for this. Was it a foregone conclusion, right? That word keeps getting popped up. Was it a foregone conclusion that we were going to be a host site? No, not technically. But as we've talked about, the NCAA prefers making money when they can. And baseball is not a big revenue-inducing sport. So when you can have a regional or a super regional at a place that you know can seat eight to 10 to 14,000 people. That's beneficial to you. So yes, Obrate helps us. Now, did it help us get the 11 seed? I don't know. 
I really thought we'd get the 14 seed. I was prepared for 14 seed. I was actually kind of excited about the 14 seed because that put us playing Arky. And Arkansas is not the same team as they were last year. They are pretty young. They've dealt with a lot of injuries too. And they played something like 15 of 18 uh, conference games at home or something to that effect. They just they haven't had to travel. And the places they did have to travel that were in the SEC were teams that didn't make it to the postseason. So, yeah, Arkansas is a joke. Um, they will get exploited. Watch it by a Big 12 team. TCU is going to give them all they can handle plus some. TCU is very hot right now. They and, and here's the deal, guys. They played around with their bullpen, too. That was the frustrating part is, yeah, we were throwing guys who literally haven't thrown all year. All right. Okay. A little bit of a head scratcher. But TCU could have. They could have gone with their main rotation, but they didn't because they're also saving them for regionals. So that's the frustrating loss, right? It's not that we had to lose, that we had to use 730,000 pitchers in one game. It, that, that's not the frustrating part. The frustrating part is, so did TCU. But they outperformed us. They did. In almost every facet of the game. And they did it from very early on. You can't tell me that fatigue was a big factor. I mean, it's just, these tournaments are a different breed. Yeah. But we stayed healthy. We rotated guys. Cause if you notice Ian Doherty was the catcher for some of the tournament. So we didn't, we didn't rely just on the all day, everyday starters, all game. We sprinkled in a lot of dudes over the last week. So again, that's my frustration. There is TCU played the same game. We did. They used a lot of their, you know, middle week type of pitchers and they just did better than we did okay it is what it is it's frustrating now here's why i think people need to get off the ledge of who we who we got in the regional yes we got dallas baptist in the regional yes we got oral roberts in the regional and then we don't know a lot about washington we do lose every single year okay it is true we drop a midweek game to either dallas baptist or oral roberts and sometimes we lose to both of them midweek during the season that happens year in year out so i understand the fear of oh crap we're playing teams that beat us all the time but we never really get them as a full weekend series so is it going to look different with drew blake pitching on a tuesday as opposed to drawn watts brown on a friday or ben abrams on a, on a saturday or Nolan McClain or Garrett Benjamin on a Sunday, yeah, it is going to look a little bit different. So because of that, we should be fine here. And we have a lot of knowledge of what they're going to do, what they bring to the table. Obviously not Washington, but we should be able to out-athlete Washington. We should be able to outpower Washington. Is Washington a small ball school? Don't know. Don't care because Dallas Baptist know where you are. And we know small ball gives us fits every single year. Every weekday, Tuesday, Thursday, we play these guys. They small ball us to death. And it always comes around this time to bite us because it's on a national landscape. People nationally get to see how great Oklahoma State is at a lot of things, but how little we, we focus on some of the small ball aspects of the game. Here's why I'm a big fan. This is a test. We're playing a couple teams that we always have trouble with. Yes, the pitching rotations are going to be different. It is going to be a different weekend style of series. 
that you see. But this is a test. If we can get past Dallas Baptist and Oral Roberts, who have been our nemesis for years, regardless of what Washington does or doesn't do, we are now in a great position going into the Super Regional. And, yes, it's all about getting hot at the right time. And, yes, Vandy is very hot right now. But it's the same team we played early in the season, for the most part. And I think they're susceptible. I really do. I I, I like the draw. Would I have preferred Arkansas? Yeah, absolutely. Retribution would have been nice. and Revenge would have been nice. And they're kind of a pretender, in my opinion. So, yeah, that would have been great, right? But we do get retribution with Dallas Baptist and ORU. And uh, Dallas Baptist, they got the two seed. They deserve the two seed. They're 45 and 14. Washington, 38 or 34 and 18. And then uh, ORU, 46 and 11. They won the Summit League. Is it the same? No. Do they have talent? Yes. The secret always is, what is Rob Walton going to do? Now, I'll admit, he had a couple of games this weekend where he put a very good rotation together. And he didn't wait too long. So hopefully we see more of that. But like I said, guys, stop worrying about it and embrace it. Embrace the suck. Because these are teams that will challenge us, that will get us prepared for the regional. And you got to feel decent about Arkansas getting beat by TCU, just like you got to feel decent about us beating Vandy. I just... I just don't see how this doesn't prepare us pretty good. Uh, and then softball, um, obviously, congratulations. Congratulations, winning a regional, um, dominating, just absolutely throttling Oregon in the Super Regional. That's always fun. No, not because of the Pac-12 and da-da-da. It's because of my affinity for how much Oregon fans like to talk. So, not a fan. That was awesome. Had nothing to do with Pac-12. I just hate Oregon. So, it was great to take them behind the woodshed and teach them a thing or two. We still haven't seen Kyra Aycock, which is very odd to me. But, I think maybe we were just trying to get Kelly back, right? Because she has been dealing with an injury. She has had a little bit of time off. And maybe she'd healed up and needed that amount of innings. Maybe that's the case. Lexi Kiofoil continues to look very, very, very good. I would like to see more, Kyra. I really would. But Florida State, that's the team I wanted. That's the team I've been asking for all year. Well, I got it. And it's kind of a full circle moment, right? Because a few years ago, us beating Florida State is kind of what launched us into the, oh, this Oklahoma State squad's kind of legit. More transfers started coming. So that kind of helped put us on the map. Sam Shaw, Florida State, we are where we are today. So I'm sure they are also seeing this as a full circle moment. This is their chance to get back at us. Well, this is our chance to prove that we're the team that we were in the middle of the season, not the team that went on a terrible rut there at the end. I love it. I like the storylines. 
it's almost like if we'd have got Arkansas in baseball, another full circle moment. But it is what it is. We will be tested in our own regional, and that is a very, very, very good thing. Some people want an easy region. I don't want it. Give me these teams. Because if we do get by them, it means something. Same with softball. Florida State wants this one. I think our girls do too. So we're going we're gonna to find out tomorrow. We're going to find out tomorrow, and then we got to wait a couple days for baseball. So that's all we got for this one. Thank you all for stopping by. I hope you all had a wonderful Memorial Day. And uh, I want to thank you very much for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. As always, I love you all. God bless. Go Pokes. Until next time. Later.